Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your crave. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, people, tomorrow morning, 10 a.m., Santa's coming to town. Oh, my God! Santa here? I know him. I know him. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It's the pot of thunder and rock and roll and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Uh, Christmas is Tuesday. Hope you got your shopping done and are all set for the holidays. Sounds like Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Duff McKagan is ready. The two-year uh, and nine-month Guns N' Roses World Tour has officially ended. They did a final show in Honolulu, Hawaii, Hawaii, as they say, the locals say, in the rain. Uh, but now Duff is enjoying a little vacation time there uh, before heading home. And he's also uh, working on a solo record. So we might have Duff McKagan back here on Talk is Jericho. But in the meantime and in between time, until we do, here is another fun-filled Duff McKagan, joke of the week. Hey, Chris Jericho, Duff McKagan. Uh, I just finished up, uh, you know, the last show of this uh, three-and-a-half-year run, and uh, I'm in Hawaii. You know, on the trip over here, I was reading the American Medical Journal, and uh, which I do, you know, often. And, uh, you know, you call a sleepwalking nun. I didn't know this. A Roman Catholic. Thank you very much. Ah, <laughs> Yes. Uh, very nice. Great stuff from Duff McKagan of Guns N' Roses. Uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. I actually had a literal LOL on that one. Uh, I got it right away. Thanks to Omax Cognitive Boost uh, for keeping me sharp and on my game and helping me to understand Duff's ridiculous jokes. Uh, despite all the travel and crazy schedule I've been keeping almost the entire year, thanks to Omax and thanks to Duff McKagan for delivering the laughs every single Friday. And you know who else is delivering some laughs today? One of my favorite guests on Talk is Jericho, talking about Sami Zayn. That's right. Sami Zayn returns to TIJ to give us an in-depth look at his current mental state since he's been recovering and rehabbing from double shoulder surgery. He haven't seen him on Raw or SmackDown recently. The reason why? He's been out. Two rotator cuff surgeries. He's had a lot of time on his hands, as you're about to hear. He's been doing some interesting things like stand-up comedy and improv, watching Survivor Series, becoming a vegan, and musing about social media's effect on culture and humanity. He's one of the uh, smartest guys and one of the most introspective guys. Uh, Sami Zayn and his partner. 
partner, his friend, James McGee. You'll hear all about James McGee is going to be here. Uh, Sam is also talking about his plans to return to the WWE. They uh, had a coming back soon video on Raw last week. Uh, when that may be and what that may involve, Sammy's going to tell us. So here we go. It's the mental state of Sami Zayn examined right here on Talk is Jericho. This is the real behind the scenes stuff. You Go to the back and there's two waters right in the kitchen there. You're, uh, my, you're, my friend James McGee is getting us water. Sammy Zayn texts me that you're with James McGee. That's and right. I'm, like as if I should know this. Like, you know, I'm with, you know, uh, Luke, Luke Richardson is inside. The Luke Richardson from the Montreal Canadiens. I don't know him. Oh, I thought you were a hockey oh, fan. I am, but I didn't know Luke Richardson. Well, I didn't know James McGee. James Sorry, McGee either. just actually filled me in that that's the current assistant coach. <laughs> so uh, Sammy Zayn, which is great because uh, we were Do playing. I have to hold this button because I'm holding it? Eh? No, there's no button to hold. What is this? That's you that connects the mic to oh. the cable. <laughs> I've been holding Make it. Make sure for... you didn't screw it up. No, it's still working. Okay, I've been holding yeah. it this, this entire time. <laughs> How many times have you done this podcast? I don't know. It's been the same know. setup every time. I'm rusty, man. I've been <laughs> injured. I, I forgot how to hold a microphone now. And that's the thing. So we're in Montreal, and I just I text Kevin and uh, Sammy. And uh, Kevin Owens, of course, he's not here. Sammy is. Mm. Uh, I'm glad I have the mic up to your mouth as you're taking a <laughs> sip of water, which is very great. <laughs> now people know what it sounds like when I drink water. That's not even, you gotta make a okay. noise, at least do yeah. a noise. Like, do this. Oh, yeah. Do, do this. Go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get the crinkling of the bottle. Uh, so, yeah, so it's very exciting. Uh, and, and you just mentioned we don't know what we're gonna talk about, uh, nor do we know because we never know, but you're always uh, a yeah. very interesting guest to have all on right, the show. I suppose. I and um, <laughs> let's, first of all, you are injured. Yeah. What's going on, man? Oh, man. Uh, a whole lot, I would say, and nothing all at the same time. And um, I know wrestling fans maybe don't want to hear this, but I've been loving being off. You know, mm. I think maybe wrestling fans want to hear like, I can't wait to get back and I miss everything. And I don't miss anything. I'm <laughs> like not trying to sound like. <laughs> no, but let me. I don't say, miss. I don't miss it yet. I don't miss it yet. Yeah. To be off is a luxury. Dude, I'm like a little. uh not concerned, but I'm surprised by how little I've missed it. Hmm. That's weird. How long huh? has it been? Four months. What? Uh, June nineteenth. July, August, September, October, November. Yeah, so five months. Five months, and wow. I don't miss it. Now, what what's you... up with that? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> I don't know. But what did you have done? What was the, what, what was I had? Done? I had both shoulders done at I the had, same time. Uh, seven weeks apart because you can't do them. You need one arm at least to be functional. You need to be able to, you know, use the bathroom right, right, and right, eat. Right, right. So I did the right one first because I thought that'd be the trickier of the two, and it was. Mm. So you know, left hand for Which basic. Is hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, like then, even stuff like you know, like driving a car if you have a stick shift. I don't, but yes, good. imagine or, or, or sure. something that you know we might not want to say, but it's the uh, uh, cleaning Going to your, the bathroom, cleaning your bottom, of course, and. Uh, Without divulging too much, I was surprised by my dexterity. <laughs> I was really, but pretty, I was the same. I, I broke my right arm, yeah. and to go if you're a righty and to go to lefty, you're getting yes. some. Uh, yeah, there's some stains going. No, on. No, man, I did really, <laughs> really, really well. Okay, I was uh, a little impressed by my abilities. I was <laughs> so so so. Then you got you had both shoulders done for rotator yeah. cuffs. Yes, that's a, that's a, a serious. It's pretty serious. Um, I mean, I'm getting there. Uh, I guess you know what I, I'm. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm overstating my lack of desire to return. I do miss performing, mm -hmm. but um, like you said, we've just. I've been doing this super long time. Uh, we're on the road a, a lot, 
you know, you know how it is. And so I don't know. Uh, I just know that when I'll be back, I'll really enjoy it, but I'm not sitting there uh, itching and clawing. And I know that, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> my employer will want to hear that as if like, does this guy not care? But the or, thing is you're not, but, you're not cleared yet though. You're no, still I'm not healing. even close. I'm not even close. I, I need a few more months. So I think that that's the way you should be thinking rather than like, I got to get back. I got to get back. Cause you can't come right. back. And you know what? My first surgery, uh, night and day, by the way, my first surgery and this surgery, cause the first surgery happened at a very, uh, inopportune time in a time of great uncertainty i wrestled cena here in montreal and that was the first time you're basically first debut, time like is right? it you're right but i didn't even know is it the debut is it not the debut right. i don't even know but i know this is huge huge opportunity everything's huge and then and i'm healthy and then bam all of a sudden i'm told this shocking news like you need surgery which i didn't expect and you heard that right in the match i heard it in the yeah. match and uh but still you know like growing up I don't know if it was like this for you or maybe just being around wrestling and, and even just around people in life. But you always had a friend or somebody who was like, oh, yeah, my shoulder pops out all the time. Yeah. And, and then they just pop it back in. I thought like, oh, my shoulder popped out. I pop back in. I carry on. <laughs> yeah, but no, actually, if you have a torn, if a shoulder is popping out and popping in, your labrum is probably severely damaged. So you had torn, needs... basically torn your rotator cuff area that first time? No, I tore my labrum okay. and the cuff, but I also had a cuff tear from like 09 that I think, you know, over time might have got worse or in that moment got worse. But it was the labrum that was the reason for, for a dislocating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but so... Um, all this to say it's a very different experience it's like it's just like being blindsided with something versus being able to mentally prepare for something mm. so the second time around i knew i was hurt for a long time and i was working through it and then the other one got bad again or the good one got bad and i was working with two bad ones i knew i would need it eventually and then it just came time to do it how do you know I just knew, I mean, I couldn't lift very Hard much to in lift the gym your leg, uh, arm up yeah i was just very like i was hyper aware of both my shoulders our bodies yes yes they, they were not good and i was carrying on like this for probably uh the left one maybe a, a year year and a half I don't, I don't even know because you know after surgery it's like you you never had surgery man you're the iron man of pro wrestling honest to god the only time i ever broke my arm or surgery like i said when i broke my arm in 94 he still worked I was off seven weeks. Yeah. But I, yeah. And that was the only injury I've ever had from wrestling. Yeah. yeah. Really remarkable, especially yeah. considering the style. Yeah. And the guys you've worked over the years. That's true. And, That's true. You know, it's, it's really remarkable. You're very lucky. Well, I mean, one of the few, like I said, but what for you, when you know that you're hurting, when do you finally bite the bullet and say, I got to take myself out of the game? Uh, it was really when the second one started getting bad. I was a little concerned because not, not, I was concerned for other people's safety because, you know, if I'm not, if I can't, you know, catch somebody. If, yeah, if I, yeah, I'm starting to get a little worried about it. And it was really when the MRI came in and confirmed my worst fears, which is that something was torn. Because I thought, oh, it's just bothering me. And, you know, we're on the road so much. Uh, you're just trying to maintain. But then at a certain point, you're like, yo, this isn't going away. Mm -hmm. You know, so at a certain point, you have to confront it. Anywho, not, not to drone on and on about it, but my mental state going into it. Which might be the theme of this entire podcast, mind you. The mental, uh, that's the mental state the mental of Sammy Zane. That's because, our title. Yes, there it is. I knew we would stumble across uh, <laughs> some sort of hook. That's it. That's our title. Because I swear to God, like this whole time off, maybe that's why I haven't really been uh, drooling to get back. One, because I knew I had a long road ahead of me. But also, in this time off, it's more time than I've ever had to just stop and think. Just think about mm. everything. And you know me already. I'm a... 
somewhat pensive person. To right? this day, whenever I see a graveyard, I think of you. <laughs> right. You know, like, I don't know. I just think about things. Yeah. And now I'm just, uh, I have more time to think about broader things, but also more time for introspection. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get to an age, and I don't know how that, you know, we've never really gone that deep as far as like, you know, looking deep inside yourself. We've, philosophical. Yeah, right. we've never really uh, conversed much on that level, but I've just had a lot of time to think about like, why am I like this? Or why do I do this? Or why do I do that? Or what am I really upset about, you know, with this? And why, why, why? And just peeling back the layers of other people and of the world and of society and this culture. And, you know, but then also at a certain point, you got to like confront yourself because mm-hmm. you're looking at like, oh, why is America so messed up? And why is this gun violence or what? And all these horrible things. But then you start, eventually you're looking at everybody else is doing wrong and eventually you got to go like, so where do I fit into all this? Right. Right. And so you just start thinking about yourself and how do you treat people? And, you know, sometimes you're that guy. Mm. And I don't know. I just, I've been, the mental state of Sami Zayn has really been a, the, the theme of my time off. And I've just because had a lot I, I of time. I think that's like the only time you ever really get off in, in wrestling. Yeah. Is if you get hurt. Dude. And you realize that when you're not hurt when you're on you're on that hamster wheel and it's just tunnel yeah. vision like gotta keep going gotta keep going yes. gotta keep going gotta keep going and also being in in, in the world that's one thing i've realized in, in working elsewhere yeah from WWE is that like you get caught in the mindset there of gotta get out gotta get and, totally. and we're going out of our way to make sure to impress and worried if do i have heat and and, and what did i do wrong and, and, and that's not the case and then, you just, and then you get perspective the moment you're out of it right and, and so it's you, it does make you realize like you can exist outside of that world and, and sometimes feel even better about it. Well, and that's another big thing is, um, and this could turn into a long conversation, but realizing also that, um, like your identity ends up latching on to this thing and then, and then you're not that thing. Mm -hmm. So I've mentioned this to a lot of guys, even guys, uh, I don't know, in NXT or whatever, we've had, conversations about this because now i'm at the pc doing my rehab okay so i don't know you know i need somebody to listen to my, my <laughs> who's within earshot you know and i just start <laughs> rambling i'm sure they're happy to have you there to talk to them though nah i don't i don't try to like pass on knowledge and you know what's great is i um i don't feel i don't know i feel like maybe a bit more of a complete person and my ego is like i'm really working on my ego and keeping my ego in check and like mm. you know once upon a time and I'm sure you could probably relate to this is like, you're a very, I mean, you're a prominent person in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. You're Chris Jericho, you know? Mm-hmm, right, right. So if you walk in a room to a bunch of young wrestlers, like somewhere deep down, you expect a certain response of like, Oh, hello, sir. And yeah, yeah, that's yeah, Chris sure. Jericho. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, and right. to a certain extent, I understand that. And because that's a part of the wrestling culture in that respect, but like, I genuinely don't care about that. And also I don't get it. And I'm okay with that. So like I walk in the PC and no one's no one's kissing my ass. Okay. And I don't care. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> like once upon a time, and I'm just being honest, there was a time when, especially when I first came to WWE, because I was so concerned about like oh, the wrestling culture and this is a different culture and we need to instill that wrestling culture. And like if people didn't shake hands or show respect, it like really got to me on a it was it was a me problem, <laughs> you know, and I was I was pushing my own weird uh, baggage and ego and whatever it is on other people and and under the guise of like the wrestling culture, but really it was an ego thing, mm. you know, if I'm being honest, sure, which I now have time to <laughs> identify these things. But but like now I don't care. Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't say hi to me, you're like, 
Isn't that person uh, 16 years in the biz? You know, like, <laughs> brother, or 17 years, and I'm Sammy's so on a Monday Night Raw every Monday. Like, I don't care. I just don't care, and it doesn't bother me, uh, and I don't want it, and I don't get it, and I don't, and, it, and none of it bothers me. So, so, so you, that's some progress. So, yeah, but when you, when you go to the PC mm. to do your rehab, and, ah, yeah. and, and what do you do? Oh, I just, you know, I talk about whatever we're, like, I learned I'm talking about now, and, like, mm. the, the world and ourselves and. Do well, people look at you like you're crazy? Or they so, you, you know, uh, Brian Duncan, uh, <laughs> one that? of our athletic trainers, okay. kind of a hilarious character. And everyone who's come through NXT knows him and loves him. And he's a great guy and a great tr athletic trainer. But, you know, uh, a bit more on the, like, quieter side. <laughs> and I'm very much the opposite. So sometimes I'm very mindful <laughs> of my rambling. And I'm like, God, I must be driving him crazy right now. <laughs> Once in a blue moon, he'll, like... Sammy, you're here to rehab, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. Yeah, Let me do my internal rotation here. <laughs> um, you know, but whatever. But, uh, yeah, I just had a lot of time to philosophize and think. And um, So I, I actually thought of maybe this was someone else's idea of doing a podcast, not a podcast, but a um, like a YouTube thing or just like a vlog, video log, mm -hmm. like called Spare Time with Sammy Zane. <laughs> you know, and just... And uh, so I thought, okay, I'm getting my surgery. Perfect time to start. So I'm in the, the hospital bed, and the, the nurse closes the door, and she leaves. And I pull out my phone, and I put it on selfie mode. I hold the phone up, and I go, I click record, and I go, hey, guys, Sammy Zane here. And, oh, God, this is, this is awful. And I just stopped right away. It's like, no, no, this isn't me. I can't do this. I just <laughs> couldn't. It, yeah, it lasted maybe six seconds. <laughs> hey, guys, Sammy Zane here. And, uh, I'm in this hospital bed. About to, okay, I hate this. I hate this. Boom, <laughs> click. That was it. So that was that's, the end of spare time with Sammy Zane. <laughs> that should be like six, it, though. You're just neurotically seven. getting mad at yourself. <laughs> while you're from this it's just terrible. Not, it's just, no, it's just not. What I meant is, like, I don't like, I didn't like it. I don't like, uh, man. That's a you whole like other what, thing. What, talking and being like a pundit, um, or no? I don't. Being I don't. Soapbox or I don't think I like letting people in, the mm -hmm. fans to that level. Like, hey guys, just in my house here, about to cook an omelet. Here it is. Yeah, because that's but that's the culture we live in now. Right? Yeah. A lot of people do that, and I think it's kind of narcissistic a little bit, and I don't know, vain and all this stuff, and it's just stuff I don't. And I just I hated it. I don't know what it was. It was six seconds in. I was like, this is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. Off. You know, so just, I don't know. Um, That's very interesting because the, the Kevin is the same. Kevin is not on social media. He might be well, on Twitter again. Kevin's interesting because when he was on the independence, he, he, cause I got signed a little bit before him. And then in that time that I got signed, I was doing my thing in NXT and he was still kind of on the indies. He told me he took a very big step in that year when I was gone. And he attributed a lot of it to doing his, uh, he had a YouTube show called Kevin Steen's weekend escapades. And he said that was like the difference between him being, you know, a popular independent act to being really over. People really start to identify when he let them in and let them know what his family right, was up right. to and his son and his wife and his life. And, you know, because now people feel like they really know you. And I know the Young Bucks as well. That was a huge, huge being the elite. Yeah, that was I mean, that was the difference. Now they go from being guys who throw super kicks to like, you know, we know you. We know your family. We know your the life. Personalities. We love you. Yes. Yeah. And certainly there's something to be said about that. And God, I don't know if we discussed this in the past, but there's sort of this two ways of looking at it. And one is kind of a little more on the rock and roll side, which you might appreciate is like the reclusiveness of like an Axel Rose or somebody like that, where because they don't let you in, you almost wonder more about them. I still feel strange whenever Axel tweets. Yeah, right. Like you know, Axel Rose shouldn't tweet. He shouldn't be tweeting. Yeah. You know, it's like the Undertaker sent me a smiley face emoji <laughs> once. I'm like, 
Undertaker should not be doing <laughs> right, that. Right, right. I yeah. totally, I totally understand because, because what you're the, like, you know, there's like, like ACDC, for example, nothing. You yeah. will never see anything on them. That's interesting. Social media, Van Halen's the same as well. You can't find out anything about those guys. Yeah. And it's really interesting because in the world we live in now, it's almost a prerequisite. But yeah, and WWE's big on that. And I get big, why. Yeah. And I get why. Because there is, I get it. And it works. I just don't know if it works for me. Right. You know, I, I could let people in to, and, and, and this might even go back. Because I, I told you I'm almost borderline, like not compulsive but really interested in why 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 and maybe it even goes back to my career on the independence where because of the hood i was very private even back then protecting my identity all the time right and so now that kind of followed me even to wwe it's like hang on you only get this you can speculate about the rest yeah, yeah, yeah. but this is like this is what you get and I, I don't know so the but that is like you said that is the wwe culture of it I, it's far bigger than WWE. It's the that's the word with it. It's the culture. Yes, but I like like yes. Am Ambrose's was great where he said they maybe get a Twitter. So here yeah. it is. Enjoy. And in, zero it tweets. Yeah, win. yeah. Uh, and that's fine. And uh, in a way that works. I mean, he's been champion. He's mm -hmm. done very well for himself. It's not like his uh, gimmick's also very mysterious, kind of. Right, right. But 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 the tenants. So I'm just caught in this weird no man's land where I'm still on Twitter, but I find it's a tool. We were just talking, James McGee and James I. McGee. We're just talking about this moments ago at Bustan, the Arab restaurant right next door to here. What is it called? Bustan. Shout out to Bustan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they know I love them. Um, <laughs> so uh, what were we talking we're just, about? What are, we were just talking about the social media. James looks a little confused. James? That's what you're talking about. No, but what was I just talking about? You know, social media, you and James. Social, oh, yeah, it's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool. Okay. So um, my father gave me a great piece of advice one time and it really stuck with me. And I guess I'll give you the somewhat hilarious pretext to it is I think he had a suspicion that I was watching internet pornography. And this is when, you know, uh, it, the internet is somewhat new to have high speed internet in every household. So like 2001 or whatever. So you still have to plug into a phone line to get on. Uh, no, I think at this point it's high speed, but oh. it's, it's, it's mind blowing that high speed exists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But so I think maybe he went through history. I, and this is all speculation because the way he broached to the subject, you know, he was trying to give me a lecture about the dangers of the internet without actually coming right out and calling me out on whatever he might've thought was going on. Uh, which is uh, this AK was what was going on. Poss yeah, possibly. I neither <laughs> confirm nor deny, but he said this thing and it's, it's really brilliant. And I, I remember it still. He said, um, you know, the internet, you need to be careful with the internet. he said, the internet is like anything else. It's a tool, like a knife. You could use a knife to cut bread and feed people, or you could use a knife to stab somebody. So it's all in how you use it. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really pertinent and great yeah. advice for kind of everything, but especially social media and especially the internet. I mean, my career, like because of the, you came from a different time, the territories and whatever. And, yep. and I came from a time of technology and the internet and before social media was the message boards and the buzz that I kind of got to even start getting booked in the States was internet buzz. Like, Oh, who are these guys in sure. Canada? And so, you know, uh, and like, promotions I worked for were all internet buzz promotions ring of honor PWG IW mid-south those are the the internet there was a buzz right and so the internet is responsible in many ways for my career uh but you know social media especially I'm not knocking it's all in how you use it you can use social media to uh I mean social media was responsible for like the Arab Spring and they overthrew a government 
didn't last very long in Egypt, but you know, yeah. I mean, it can be used for extremely, extremely powerful things, or it could be used to just cut somebody down or, yeah. or just, you know, obsessively watch pornography or whatever. Like it could be used for really, really destructive things. Or it could be used, uh, you know, as a marketing tool, or it could be used as a, uh, like the whole thing I did with the the, the fundraiser for Syria. That sure. was exclusively through social media. And we were able to do amazing things for other people because of social media. So I don't, I don't think social media itself, it's just a thing. And again, if you want to get broader, like mental status, everything's just a thing and it's all how you take it. It's how you use it, how you take it. It's just like anything else. If you if you take a sleeping pill, or if you take sure. steroids, or if you smoke weed, or if you drink coffee in right. moderation, that's what it's there for. Right. If you abuse it, right. That's when you'll have problems. Right. Your relationship with that thing is is maybe what's more important than just the thing is still just the thing. My favorite quote from I remember when I was in high school, I I was gonna put this in my yearbook as you know favorite quote, and I didn't end up using it, and I really re I regret. I regret very few things in my life, but if I could go back and change one thing, it'd be my entire high school yearbook by what what do you call it? The a little write up. A little write up. Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> Garbage. I'm embarrassed by it all these years later. Uh, but the, the, What's your high school yearbook write up? Uh, it's just crap, you know. Shout out to my friends, EG, FA, MC, you know, like just stupid idiot, little kid. So what did you write, though? I ended up using the quote, uh, you get more bees with honey than you do with vinegar. Yeah. But if I could go back in time, I would use the one that was the front runner at the time, which is William Shakespeare, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so, mm. which is also a lot more profound and would have made me sound cooler too, <laughs> but also far more pertinent in my, my entire life. Not that the other one isn't too. I do believe, you know, you get more out of being good to people than being bad to people. But ultimately I believe like nothing is really good. Nothing's really bad. It's just... First of all, a lot of it's just made How up. We say, we also say what's good and what's bad. Mm. You know what I mean? It's all just, everything's just made up. <laughs> Even these identities, everything, this whole society, it's all just a bunch of made it's up. It's matrix. It's all just made up stuff. We're all on the grid. We're all just made up, man. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard. The perfecter of the patio and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. See, this is really deep stuff, though. This is what, it's been six months of this. <laughs> just at home in my lazy boy. Just <laughs> when you're talking why? about, like you said, like there's other people that are injured. Like, um, I don't know, just throwing a name out, like Joey Janela injured his knee and he's been in social media. We know his rehab. We know exactly what he's doing. I haven't heard anything about you or Kevin mm. because you both went down at the same time and neither one of you are really using that social media tool to let people know, here's my rehab, here's what's going on. No, but I am still using social media, but I'm trying to use it in a way that I feel is somewhat productive and I've kind of like, I don't know, man, it's this delicate balance. So I noticed Becky Lynch, who's like really good friend of mine but yeah. she's really blown up recently too yeah, yeah. right and she's using twitter in a very witty way she's a very witty person yeah. and she's using it in a really cool way and she's getting herself like really over but it's uh like i don't know if i would do it anymore even as a heel like i don't even i just don't want to use it to cut people down and stuff because i have in the past used it to like uh let's say i'd get um 
I don't know what, like a xenophobic tweet or like, go back to your country, terrorist, whatever, some yeah, shit some like asshole, that, yeah. some asshole. And I'd be like, okay. And I would like copy, I would take a screenshot and I would tag them and I would like rip them to shreds and it would get like 10,000 likes or whatever. And you know, there's, there's a, and there should be more studies on this, but it's all very new. But you know, there's a, there's a, the first time it happened, because Kevin used to do this all the time. All the time. Right? And so when I did it the first time, I got I felt literally high. Or like almost as if I just drank a pot of coffee. I was like, dude, look at this. Everyone's ripping him to shreds. Look how many likes. Everyone everyone loves it. Look, everyone's attacking him now, calling him an asshole. He deleted his Twitter. It felt like such a conquest. I, I got high off it. It's a little sick to say out loud now, but yeah. But you know? then you realize. But then, but then I realize, and people eat that stuff up with a spoon. But I'm like, you know what? I'm contributing to a toxic culture, to a toxic swirl of shit. And I don't want to contribute to that anymore. The way I looked at what I used to do too, and I really don't anymore because, okay, I'm looking at this guy or girl or whatever, this person that has, let's say, 147 followers saying something like, you know, go back to your kind, whatever. And you then bury the person. And then suddenly hundreds of people are burying this person. If you didn't put this guy on watch, no one would ever see it. No one would ever know. But now you have a guy or girl that's getting buried by hundreds of people. We are used to it as performers. Right. That's a this good point. person, like it could, you know, I mean, you talk about social media bullying. If the person takes it the wrong way, they could, like you said, delete their account or, or, or just or worse, feel bad yeah. or worse. Yeah. You never know. And that's why I'm like, wow, we do have the power to like say sick them boys. Oh yeah. And there's hundreds oh, of yeah. people are going to jump on somebody right. and tear them to shreds. Meanwhile, they, they probably don't deserve it. Cause they're just, dude, no one just deserves talking anything. Shit. Right. And like, you know, something's got to be broken in this person already to log on to Twitter and just mercilessly, mercilessly attack someone they don't know. But and I said, we read it and maybe he's got 150 followers. Right. And then by, by reposting it now, suddenly whatever you have, let's say you have a million yeah. or 2 million, yeah, yeah. 2 million people are reading this poor person's tweet. And I, I say poor person. This No, but it is poor person yeah. because somebody who says something they shouldn't have and now they're do... getting crucified. Right. But my pro, so this is just me also working on being a more empathetic person in general is like, look, man, that person's damaged goods already. Just like everybody else. Yeah. Because there's got to be something the same way that we got to have a screw loose in our head to become wrestlers and performers and whatever that's all about, mm -hmm. whatever, yeah, yeah. whatever deep seated reason we're doing that for, which I still haven't completely unearthed, <laughs> you know, um, like the, it takes a certain missing screw for someone to log in and to a total stranger, even though you're Chris Jericho and you're a, a public persona, there is, I know there's this cultural, um, mindset of oh they're a public per, 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 persona yeah. anything goes right. but ultimately you're a stranger to them but they feel like they you know they can just go on and say Chris you're a terrible person I hope you break your neck in the ring yeah, or something awful like die. that I hope you die I hope your kids they, listen, like, they will say the most ruthless stuff right I would never like text who, who, who do I not know I don't know let's say Mick Jagger let's say the Stones put out a song I didn't like I yeah. would never text <laughs> Hey, at Mick Jagger, your new Stone song sucks. You guys should just retire yeah. and die already. Yeah. Like, I would never do yeah. that. That Pop McGee huge here, yeah, by James the way. James McGee is laughing. He had to pull his glasses off on that one. But it's like, I, I don't yeah. like the song, but I'm not going to go online. That's and what I'm saying. It takes a special missing screw yeah. for you to be that person. Right. So, like, I don't know what their deal is, man, and that's fine. You got your, you're, you're dealing with whatever it is you're dealing with, and uh, that's cool, man.
Uh, so, and that's fine. I just don't... I don't want to be a part of it anymore, man. I'm withdrawing from... I'm at the point in my life where I'm withdrawing a little bit from systems and things like that that I don't agree with. And I noticed that I was just as much a part of the problem as anyone else. If I go and I rip someone on social media, I'm like, I'm just part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of... Everyone does these stuff, but but no one... You know, a lot of people don't have time to stop and reflect. Like, oh, man, I'm a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. And another thing, um, and this is another huge thing in my life, is I stopped eating meat, and I think you already know that, right? I'm not sure if I when, do. When we Last were, time I saw you was in December when we were, at oh, Tampa. It's been a while. Okay. It's been like almost two years now. Okay. Uh, and ultimately, and I don't preach about it much or nothing, but I, I just had to eventually confront myself with the reality that I was being a total hypocrite. And I'm not saying everyone that eats meat is a hypocrite. I ate meat my entire life, but I'm saying I found I confronted my own hypocrisy by saying, well, look, Obviously, I don't agree with the industrialization, how these animals are treated, blah, blah, blah. And I feel sorry for them. But then I go home and I stuff, you yeah, know, have a steak. Yeah. Stu- and I'm like, whoa, OK, I'm I'm a part of the problem. And then I just reach a point where I'm like, I'm not playing ball anymore. I don't agree with these industries. I don't agree with how they do business. You're not getting my money. Mm-hmm. And that's it. It's just uh, how does I'm, that make you feel? Uh... I feel way better. I feel way better because uh, I think a lot of unhappiness uh, I'll put on my Sami Zayn amateur Canadian PhD psychology psychoanalysis hat here, but I just think a lot of people there's some unhappiness there because uh, you know people aren't living in line with their values because it's a very hard thing to do because we we have our values and our beliefs over here, but then we have the way we're living over here, and they don't they're not on the same frequency, and when you're not on that same frequency, it causes a disruptance in your whatever you want to call it there's a disruptance and it's just you're not you feel off yeah inside of you yeah in, in yeah. your mental state or your consciousness sure. conscious whatever and and i just feel like look i'm at the point in my life where i'm trying to center myself as much as possible like if i say something i'm my actions are somewhat in line because you'll never be perfect and that's something i've learned i have to forgive myself about too because i can't possibly withdraw from the system entirely because then you'd have to be a hermit and not be a part of anything and not pay tax to Uncle Sam and not, you know, you just, right, unless right, you're willing to withdraw from society completely, you're going to be a part of some dirty money somewhere along the lines. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Even if it's not, if, even if you're not taking money from someone dirty, you're giving your money to some dirty things. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Whether you realize it or whether you don't. So I'm just trying to center myself as much as possible. And, uh, you know, not eating meat was a big thing for me because I never, ever thought I would. I never thought it was possible. I never thought I could do that. I just, and I never, I never related to vegetarians or vegans or nothing. They just seemed so strange to me, you know? And now all of a sudden, the old joke, how do you know that someone's a vegan? Oh, they'll tell you about it. Is that that the punchline? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. And I, I try very hard to not be preachy or pushy or whatever, but like, look, man, at a certain point, if you don't agree with how animals are treated, but you're eating like three steaks a day or double protein on every meal because wrestler brother got to get protein. And that was me. Double protein on every meal. You're talking about six portions of animal protein every day. Oh, but those poor animals in those cages. Chomp, chomp, chomp. So how do you replace that protein? I just, I don't know. Yeah, protein just do shakes. Tempeh, tofu. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, uh, plant-based shakes or whatever. And I haven't, I've never even really talked about it. This is the first time I'm talking about it. And, but really it's like, it's a, it's just a piece of the bigger pie of where I'm at because, in life. Because like, you know, Austin Aries has done this show multiple times and he is a, he is a staunch yes. vegan supporter yes. to yes. like, almost feel like he's going to go to Capitol Hill and 
Yeah, you know, yeah. Like, if you eat meat, you are the devil. Like, you do really have this whole... It's not a cult. Like, for example, Rich Ward, the guitar player, Fozzie's a vegan. Yeah. But it's not a, a militant version. Where I right. feel there's some people that are very militant yeah. about it. Yeah, and you know, maybe that's whatever... Your that's, attitude is yeah. yeah that's their deal man i don't right. know what i don't know what they're dealing with yeah but everyone's dealing with something and and i'm just i'm trying to be you know i'm trying to be way more forgiving and way more empathetic because man i, I just realized it's all just a toxic cycle and we we're angry at other people but they're more or less doing the same thing we're doing just the inverse so let me ask it's the you, same let thing me ask you this question and this is something interesting to me when you're talking about being cleared in what is four months yeah four months, whatever yeah part of doing what we do is having that not anger dude is there's a, there's an anger inside and a and a a, a fire and I'm, I'm not hitting the right word ego an ego that's something i'm concerned to, about to do this job yes, because absolutely you to, especially to survive in the WWE system you have to stand up for yourself and be a little bit like steve said steve austin you got to be a little bit of an asshole dude, to make it to the top you're so right and i gotta tell you it's very funny you asked me that because that has actually been one of the big um Without and this isn't me burying the company, but it is the question. Yeah, it's the culture of the comp. It's the culture of showbiz and yes. succeeding, and just the concept of ambition, right? And ego, and it's all it's all dressed up. We use very nice words to dress up some pretty ugly things, you know, like being ambitious. Oh, that's a good quality, but like, you know, you could use that as an excuse to be a real egotistical piece of garbage you do whatever you got to do and then like justify by saying oh but that's just business you know i just mm -hmm, gotta I'm just, mm -hmm. I'm just, just business but so yeah it's very funny because you're touching on something that i've been thinking about a lot one of my big things that i've been working on in this time off of reflection and uh you know whatever you want to call it introspection has been uh letting go of ego or not letting ego egotism sort of drive me but i'm like oh man how's this going to serve me in this company in this climate I have to like it's you, you you need it you're right you're totally right, right. right and I don't know I truly don't know we'll see we'll mm. see and I, I haven't over I don't I haven't overthought it to be honest with you uh, because I also have this other thing that I'm worried about which is once you go back you just fall into the same the same trap sort of Some, somebody's slipping you a note under your door there <laughs> go ahead it says I have cranberry would you like it now <laughs> Urgent note, <laughs> such urgency that it, a note needed to be slipped. <laughs> Look, I don't want to. I'm sorry, I don't want to bother you. I know you guys are doing I something. Have cranberry. But I have cranberry. <laughs> Amazing. God, I don't remember what I was talking about. Yeah, so I'm worried about two things. I'm worried about how is like, how is letting go of ego going to serve me and getting ahead in my career uh, in the WWE bubble? Anywho, because I do think like in a weird way, it didn't. It wasn't a factor in my in my indie career as much that was really just about do your thing and you get where you get talent takes you where you you, you know goes WWE is a bit of a bit of a different animal uh i haven't overthought it and the other thing though is that uh you know and, and this doesn't this isn't just about uh deeper things but also about just wrestling things when you're on the sidelines and you watch the show which i've consciously tried not to watch too much of but when you watch a show you start catching all these patterns and traps that everyone falls into like, like what? Uh, just work the way they work. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, everybody does this, and this is the formula, and everybody, like, oh, run the corner, watch the elbow, boom, duck one, duck two, boom, oh, big move, yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. kick out, sell, while, you know. It just becomes a bit formulaic, and you watch it from the outside, and you're like, man, everybody does this. When I come back, 
I'm going to do things all differently, you know, but then you end up going back and your intentions are good at first, but then, you know, Oh brother, we got eight minutes and we just lost a seg and just do it. Just do it. But everything is so overanalyzed there too, though. Like you have to go over, if you have eight minutes, you got to go over it with your agent to write it down for the cameraman to know exactly what this is going to be. And that's why it falls into the trap because if someone doesn't like well, the fact you want to do something different, you have to ask permission for it. Yeah. You and you got to run it. it up the chain of command and it's very difficult. And man, people don't know it's, and, and you don't know unless you're there. Right. You truly don't know unless yeah. you're there. Uh, and on the, you know, just not to do with nothing, but I just want to take this time to actually give the writers a little bit of a break because you know they get they get crapped on the most but people don't understand how it works there and it's right, not the writers right, right, right. and it's not the agents it's not the talent it's not it's just it's just something about the system that it it, there, it works a very specific way mm. and unless you're in it you don't know so it's very easy to sit at home and watch and go why are they pushing this for what are they doing it's man it's harder than you think cut everybody some slack it's 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 tricky Neither here nor there. I'm just yeah, saying yeah, that right. because yeah, yeah. because, well, because it, it all it's goes, very hard to explain to people who aren't the same in it. Thing though, is it's all Vince's decisions, right? So but when, but even if Vince, let's say you had an idea and you want to change it, getting it to Vince, you know, like oh man, well the show's already we're about to go live, and that might affect what they're doing in Seg Six. Like it's right, very right. it's a puzzle piece, you know. And I'm not putting the heat all on Vince and saying oh it's just one guy. No, the he factors in a lot of stuff you don't factor in. You know, I've gone to him before with what I thought was a really good idea, and he's like, "Oh, but it doesn't work," and here's why. And I go, "Oh, okay, I, yeah, because it's that's cl- not, yeah, that's that, that what, yeah, that it's wasn't my with problem." That's happening exactly, exactly. Two well, segments later or earlier, yes, yeah. yes, or a million things. You know, all this to say, you don't know unless you're in it. But then you can take that lesson, which is again what mental state of Sami Zayn's all about these last few months is taking that lesson and applying it on much broader terms. Which is, unless you're there, you don't really know. And I should know that about people because I work in a field where people don't know what's going on, but they still rip it apart, even though I know the truth, right? I know how it really works. I know what happened. I know why my segment came out this way. I know why my match came out this way. These millions of people who watch it don't know, and they have an opinion about it. And I got to just be okay with that because they don't know. So now I need to take that lesson that I already know and start applying it to life which is like this guy that comes at me and attacks me. It'd be so easy to just say, Hey man, you're an asshole. But like, yo, I don't know. I don't know what, what happened. I don't know what led you to be the person you are. What's the circumstance? What's the circumstances? Everything, man. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. So have you watched any wrestling since you've been gone? A little bit, yeah. a little bit. And uh, I will admit, I watched Survivor Series and that gave me the bug a little bit to perform. Mm-hmm. And actually, just you know, since James McGee is right here, I will say that I did improv with James as an improver here in Montreal. Nice. Very funny guy, and I did improv with him. He he teaches here at the uh, Montreal Improv School. We're longtime friends. I actually trained him 
to wrestle many years ago. Wrestled as Twiggy. Did pretty well for himself in the <laughs> Quebec and Ontario scene. Twiggy. All right. I just Twiggy. James oh, McGee here. Dude, you got you to see. I think we should call this podcast <laughs> James McGee. Mental State of Sami Zayn featuring James McGee. It's like me and James McGee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Janice Freedom's Joplin. just another word. <laughs> Man, Jimmy McGee. Yeah. Good enough for me and James McGee. How many times have people sang that song to you? Yeah, a lot. But how many times has Sami Zayn sang it to you? Untalk is Jericho. One. <laughs> time brother yeah. <laughs> so you did some improv with james improv McGee. and man that was rad it's that was awesome, awesome. Yeah. i loved it and that like that really gave you know bit me with the, the performance bug but in a different way mm. which is um let me kiss your ass for a minute please uh, do because <laughs> i gotta tell you chris and i was gonna tell you this privately but i may as well just tell you uh on on the show I admire you in many ways because you've done a lot of things that I would like to do and I admire your um, sort of renaissance man approach to entertainment. Like, you know, you've done a lot in wrestling, but you also love rock and roll. And I love rock and roll. And we've talked about rock and roll. We've talked about the Beatles and we've done all yeah. kinds of stuff. But it's really cool to me. I want to be in a band, but I, <laughs> I kind of suck, unfortunately. But like, I'd love to be in a band. Mm. But you went out and you did it. You do all these side things. I'd love to write a book. You've written four books. Uh, you know, I'd love to do a TV show. I'd love to do all these projects. So I find it very inspiring because, and, and and coincidentally, we have similar tastes and things. Like, right. you're drawn to comedy and you're drawn to rock and roll and entertainment and, See, and wrestling. Now's the time to give it a try. Yeah, and so the improv uh, opportunity presented itself because James uh, got presented a show to Just for Laughs. Hold on a second. You can't call him James. Oh, I'm sorry. James McGee. Right. <laughs> that was, that, it felt weird when it came out. <laughs> James McGee he got a... Uh, just for Laughs. Just, right. just for Laughs. And Big he got comedy the, festival Right, in, in Montreal. Uh, and uh, it's a show called The Blender. It was his idea. And the concept was improv talent working with artists from other disciplines. Yeah. So I went as a pro wrestler and him as an improv comic and we performed. And dude, let me tell you, I was more ner I honestly Scared, right? honestly more nervous for that than WrestleMania. So because out of my comfort zone, man. And I didn't know how I would do. The first time I ever did improv Thankfully was I killed. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I ever did it was uh with the groundlings in LA. And the guy told me, his name is Michael Hitchcock, he's in all the Christopher Guest movies, he goes, listen, it's a 99-seat theater, it's the Phil Hartman Theater on Melrose. He said, if you kill it, you just killed it in front of 99 people. If you bomb, you bombed in front of 99 people. It doesn't matter either way. Right. Just go out there and have fun. And once you get that, like, because it's scary, you're live without a net. In, what, in a field what, that you know nothing about. And what was your what was your uh, what, what what improv situation were you in? Like what was the so what did we do um, first? So James McGee went up there and he started just riffing with the crowd a little bit, you know, and eventually and that helped a lot by the way because it worked out a little bit of that initial uh, you know we were just talking mm -hmm. so it worked out a little bit of the initial uh, nervousness, nervousness. Yeah. and then somebody said something about like Costco. And I said, oh, the only thing I know about Costco is I used to go there and eat hot dogs because they would have a $2, like almost foot long hot dog. You get for two bucks, you get a hot dog and a drink. And I went on this somewhat long winded story about just this hot dog. And he's like, okay, so Costco, I guess. And uh, we won't talk about hot dogs. So we, the scene starts and we're at Costco and the first thing he comes up, he goes, hey man, you know where I could get a hot dog? And the place like exploded with laughter. And I was like, oh, we're in. Yeah. You know, you get that yeah, first yeah, laugh, yeah, yeah. you get that first pop, whatever. You know, even as wrestlers, sometimes on a small town house show, 
I don't know, maybe you're, you know, you're Chris Jericho and you've been around forever. So maybe you're just like, oh yeah, yeah my music's going to hit and they're all going to go ape shit. Cause you know, you're, you've just got this rock star confidence or whatever it is. Maybe, I don't know. I'm just making this up. Yeah, yeah. But it, for me every now and again, because I've always kind of been a guy like on the fringe of like mid card, almost upper mid card, sometimes programs, but kind of on the fringe. I don't know how they'll react in Peoria. I don't know how they'll react in Moline or whatever, like whatever town, like, you know, Boston, I could kind of, okay, Northeast, I'm pr pretty confident, but I never know on house shows, my music hits, what's going to happen. Yeah. Music hits, you get a huge reaction. You're like, oh, I got this. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, as soon as you get that first one, yeah. you're good. Yeah, yeah, of right? course, of course. So it was the same thing with improv. Once we got that first laugh, it was just you realize smooth sailing. It, it, improv is, is it's a team sport, and it's a lot like wrestling or like being uh, a jazz musician or something. If you, you, you keep your stick on the ice, you'll score a goal. Yeah, if you're yeah. working with the pro. I mean, and, and that's what it is. He's excellent. And so I really just had to kind of follow. Yeah. But then also, you know, wrestling is improv. You do you know, improv. You, yeah, I do. I've been doing improv you for do 17 improv. years. That's why it's like, I don't do this. Yes, right. you do. Yes, that's exactly. Right. So, you know, timing and just sense. You have a sense for these things. So uh, it went really well. I found, found uh, cause I did improv when I left WB in 05. I did it for two years. Oh really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes. And I thought, I, I know you did the acting classes. I didn't yeah, know you did improv. I did improv with the Groundlings. Good it's for called you. Cooking with Gas, which is uh, uh, guests and uh, alumni and something else. And you would go every Thursday. But I felt if as long as you commit to your performance, of course, you'll always uh, succeed and you'll get a real sense of fearlessness which is what improv brings to the table, even like for us talking right now. Mm. What are we gonna talk about? I don't know. It'll be okay though. It'll be okay. Yeah. Because we play off each other and, 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 and listen, you know, yes and, all and those different rules. Worst comes to worst, we just talk to James McGee and uh, give him James the mic. Of, uh, oh God, we got nothing else to say, just pass it to him. <laughs> but that's, but I, I found that it helped me as a performer uh, in, in the WWE, having that improv experience. For sure, well it all goes into your your body of work, as yes. Dusty Rhodes would say, you know, yeah. like it's true. It, it's all just uh, tools in the toolbox, right? right. And um, I really enjoyed it. And but then, uh, you know, I, I was also announced as WWE superstar Sami Zayn when I did it that first time. So the next time I came to Montreal, months later, uh, I messaged James and James McGee, and he said, uh, I "said Hey man, you want to do improv again? But this time, just don't announce me." And so, because you know, a lot of the pops that I was getting in there, because I got a big pop. When they announced me coming to stage, I go, oh, and I tweeted about it a couple of times. So well, there was maybe 120 people there. And I would say at least half, at least half were there knowing who I was. Yeah. So, um, but then I didn't want, like I've always, even when I first broke into the Indies, I didn't want my friends at too many of the shows. Cause I want, I want an honest gauge of what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Cause if right. your friends are in the corner, oh, oh yeah, I'm over. Yeah. It was your five friends yeah, in the yeah, corner. Yeah. Right. Arthur Calamitas sure. and Mike Murducuta and Arthur Calamitas, David Bergen, who had a kickaxe, kick <laughs> yeah, uh, kickaxe record. <laughs> yeah, so you know, but then it's it's like cheating to me. That's cheating. Yeah. I want honesty. I want you an honest gauge. There, it's like you know, it's, it's Rami Spy. Yeah, yeah, you know, honest. Don't say a word about Sami Zayn or WWE and just see how you do. Right, and so uh, that's kind of what we did the next time and. Killed again. <laughs> I really tickled myself with that one. Oh, God. I fell over laughing. I you actually did. fell over. You're actually holding your side. <laughs> <laughs> like you're laughing so hard. It's, you're yeah, hurting your stomach. It went really well again. <laughs> it turns out I'm, 
I'm excellent in improv, it turns out. But no. see, that's what that's and, and you are, and that's why you should do more of this. I really want to do it more. Which will hone those skills. Uh, but to answer your initial question, yeah, I've watched the product once or twice. Okay. Yeah. So, so, so you <laughs> 30 said you minutes watched, later. You watched Survivor Series. Yeah, what did you I, think? I, I did. I, you know what? The, the, the bug is coming back to perform and whatever uh, and wrestle again a little bit. I should say I haven't missed it at all, blah, blah, blah. But I do miss. I love performing. I'm a performer. I'm a who knows again if you want to keep peeling back the layers what damage in my life what lack of attention I got in my life when I was right. three years old that caused me to be the way I am but uh, I, I'm a performer by nature I always have been and I love performing and I miss above all else I miss performing in the ring I really really do love that but I, I really love other kinds of performance um, and man I would love to I would love to be able to sing in a band mm. but man I'm bad <laughs> I'm just so bad but maybe I should take singing lessons or something I don't know uh, or I'd love to act I'd love to do all see, that I'd love to write a book I'd love to why do the, why, I want to should. do the Chris Jericho route man see now you have all this time to think about the stuff that you want to do and you're off the treadmill it's, it's like why not go for it you know mm. what I mean yeah, uh, at the same time, I feel like people do what they want to do. So if I really want to do it, yeah, I would do you would it. Do you know? it. Exactly, exactly. Uh So in time, I'm sure I'll do some of these things. But all this to say, going back to kissing your ass a little, that's what I admire about you is like, oh, man. Even before we met, I had a few, I told you this. I knew we would get along before we met because I was like, he likes all the same things as me. I read your first book and it was all Seinfeld references and talking about the Beatles. I'm like, oh man, this, this we'd be friends for sure. And, and, and the thing that broke the ice was Archie Comics. Archie Comics. And of course you would know Archie Comics. <laughs> By the way, P.S., little throwback to our first podcast where we talked about Archie Comics. I watched that show Riverdale. Oh, my daughters love that show. I am sorry to say. You don't like it? It's beyond, it's beyond dislike. It's like I'm uh, so you don't like I'm the, insulted by what they've done to the Archie legacy. You don't like the fact that Archie's no, now like in man, a street gang fighting yeah, Satanists. what's going on? And going to jail, getting framed Dude, by Hiram Lodge. I don't know. Yeah, you know more about it than I do. I caught, I caught a little bit of it, and I was... Uh, I was Dude, a, I was appalled. <laughs> so my, my I'm sorry, daughter, Archie Comics. I my, know they're going to tweet me now. My daughters were just here this week, and they're both wearing the modern day Jughead crowns, which are toques. Yeah, that's right. Little, with a little serrated yeah, crown like yeah. edge. Hey, and you know what I hate? I'm sorry to cut you off. Please, everyone's so goddamn good looking on that show. <laughs> I'm so sick of attractive people being shoved down my gullet everywhere we go. Why has everyone got to be attractive? Here's another thing I realized recently, Spare Time with Sami Zayn. The best shows are not filled with overly attractive people. Hmm. Breaking Bad. No one's exceptionally attractive. Right, right, right. right? Stranger That's, Things. Uh, uh, the Wire, which I watched yeah. in my time off and is probably the best show I think I've ever seen in my yeah. life. You know, The Sopranos. All these shows, like, they have characters that might be a little attractive, but they're not... What's the word I'm looking for? Like, they're not obscenely attractive and, like, they're not selling you sexuality. They're selling you a story. Did you ever watch Stranger Things? No, I'm they sorry. They cast that show specifically with weird looking people, or at least they make them weird looking. Yeah. Because it's Stranger Things. It's not mm, good looking things. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Um, and the Riverdale is a strange one for me because, you know, growing it's up so in the freaking Archie hot. culture. Um, freaking pisses me off, but, man. But last season, Jughead got the shit kicked out of him by a street gang. That's <laughs> where they thought he was dead. My daughter, she's 11, Sierra, was bawling because mm. she was convinced Jughead was dead. I'm like, Jughead's not going to die. He's the most popular kid. That he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> and of course, they had to wait all until, you know, the next season right. or whatever. 
He's not dead. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But, I mean, that but guess is... what? Would she have liked him as much if he wasn't so handsome? <laughs> I know. If he had the point to I notes. demand uglier people on television. <laughs> I demand it. I'm sick of this, man. This is, it's bad. It's bad for everybody. It's bad. We're, it's breaking people. You know, people didn't get all self-conscious. Why don't I look like that? And then body issues and whatever the hell else, yeah. man. Like, give me some reality. Right, right, right. Man. right. Like, you know, uh, in the comics... Veronica Hiram Lodge and uh, what's his, her mother's name? Hermione, I think it is. I don't even know. The Lodge parents, he's, he's an old tycoon. Yeah. The parents now in Riverdale are like, he's hot, they're not, they're hotter than the daughter. They're like hotter than the teenagers. It's, it's, it's like, it's, I can't remember the guy who plays him, but I think it's like a guy that was like, used to be on like uh, Superman or like Dean Cain. Or he's something. a goddamn stud. <laughs> <laughs> it's bogus it's a it's i don't like it i don't like it chris i don't it's like it's a huge it. hit though it's a huge oh, of course well, speak, man which though the, the archie comics uh, show that we did was with you me and uh formerly known as neville neville oh, have you spoken to him yeah he seems like he's really happy because he's just going like he's just going he's working like the high school gym God. companies i love him i love right? him i got a lot of respect and a lot of that's love that's a for true neville, artist man. right there you know what um and he told me straight up, a lot of money. The Indies ain't what they were when when I left just five years ago. Like, Old timer, the Indies in my day. Like, Fifty bucks. I'm Don Cherry all of a sudden. <laughs> you kids, yeah. Um, you kids, the yeah. Indies. Keep your stacks on the ice. I do a terrible Don Cherry. That's a terrible. Okay, Don so Cherry. James McGee over here does good impressions, right? But I, for years, I've gotten his goat by claiming that I do a better Don Cherry impression than him. Okay, let's have, let's have. Huh? Bob Cole, I'm right, sorry. Let's, it's let's Bob have a Cole. Cole off right now. You do. Uh, you do oh no, I can't. I need to get in character. Okay. I need to draw. What no. if Bob Cole's the commentator? Bob, yeah. James McGee, can you do a Bob Cole? <laughs> I can do Bob. Let's hear it. Give him the give him the mic <laughs> right there. Well, tonight they're doing something here <laughs> at the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Now, so for everyone listening it. who does not know who Bob Cole is, he's a Canadian hockey announcer. He did Hockey Night in Canada forever, right? And then I would do it. I do a much poorer version of him. I go, "Oh my goodness, would you believe that save? Oh mercy!" And it's just—it's obviously not as good. But I would. Both you guys sound like you're just being like, "Hey, there's Bob Cole here. He's gonna play the Maple Leafs." So, Luke Richardson was here tonight. Oh, mama. Yeah, that's not bad. I guess it's not that hard, huh? It's terrible. <laughs> oh, and they're all bad. Um, so, 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 so Neville though. You, oh, Neville, right. Taking the chance to work in small. You said there's a lot of money to be made. Oh, because I was yeah. saying, yeah, in my in my day, right. yeah. So we didn't. Uh, there wasn't as much money on the Indies, and I was, I did really well by indie standards for the time right before I signed. But he he was telling me straight. He goes, man, there's a lot of money being offered in a lot of directions. But he's never been an overly money. Driven I'll guy you, and I'll, overly like you know that's why he maybe didn't fit in the WWE system that much because the culture here is very like yeah, amb yeah, yeah. overly ambitious and money and success and like that has to be what takes you to the next level. And he's never really been like that, and so he went back and he went because he's a loyal guy and he always just loved wrestling for Dragon Gate. They just tried went straight to get back him, to Dragon Gate. They tried to get him to go to all in like. Over the top, and he he wouldn't do it. He wanted to make his debut with Dragon Gate. That's the kind of guy he is, yeah. dude. A lot of love, a lot of respect for yeah. him. He's uh, he's principled. He's I don't know uh, if we discussed this on the podcast with him, and I hope I'm not airing his his things. But it's so funny how you know there's millions of people who dream of being in our position. And his dream is being a postman. <laughs> That's the kind of dude he is. Like he's a 
world famous pro wrestler. His dream is just being a, a, a mailman. He just wants to walk around, deliver the mail, like real. He he wants a simple life. He's a simple guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, he loves to work where he wants to work and do what he, he wants to do. Yeah, and he loves and he loves wrestling. He really does. And uh, it's not to say he won't wrestle other places or take money. Money's you know you need money to live and all that. But uh, he's not the type who, you know, sell his soul, so to speak, right, uh, right. For, for an extra few bucks. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Do you find it strange um, that you and Kevin, uh, having these parallel careers, are also injured? Uh, that's so funny fairly yes. seriously i mean you guys are both out four or five months right. whatever it is at the same time the timeline may even be similar for our returns i don't know yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. he also lives like two blocks from me and when we were in montreal he lived like two blocks from me it's can't get away from each other if yeah, we try yeah, yeah. i get moved to raw he gets moved to like and they put you guys together i think right before you left you guys were even when i mean he got signed he got put into a program with me right away yeah, yeah, yeah. i and like since our names have been linked here in one way or another mm-hmm. since like we just can't get away from each other even if we tried which I, i'm sure he'd like to get away a little bit <laughs> <laughs> you know there's times i'd like to get away a little bit but it's all you know it's good but you um, you have done work in syria uh, setting up medical facilities and all that sort of yeah, stuff. yeah mobile clinic thing unbelievable um, yeah, it was really rewarding, actually. That uh, That's a great example, going back to my father's advice earlier. Or it's a tool. It's a tool, and how do you use it? And I realized, you know, and hey, that's another perfect example of... And Becky uh, was with me one time overseas when I was ranting and raving like a lunatic, as I do, and uh, just talking about, again, confronting my own hypocrisy. Talking for years and years and years about how it's so tragic, how what's going on in Syria, and I've never... But what am I doing about it? Nothing. You're all talk just like everybody else. Talk, talk, talk. What do you do? So I confronted myself and I did something. So it's like, that's kind of, again, uh, and man, was it ever rewarding uh, getting, you know, pictures and videos and whatever from the field or getting numbers back. So I think all in all, the clinic uh, ran for a year, almost a full calendar year, and it provided 8,000 medical services. Mm. And I thought, man, that's amazing. And and you basically paid for its uh, existence. Yeah, and I, a lot of you donated, and I thank you for that. And a lot of people donated, and uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all me. All I did is sort of middleman it and set something up. They did the work. The donors helped with the money, and the end result is people got helped. But that really was a big uh, lesson. I was like, oh man, like we have we have power. We have more power than we think. We think we're powerless because nothing's going to make you feel more powerless than. Uh, like tyranny overseas, like you, you, you know, starving children in Africa. You're like, man, that's overwhelming. I don't even know how do I, how can I fix that? I'm just one guy over yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. But like, man, uh, you organize. You use your, what's it? But you, you use, use your, your platform. You use your tools. You use your, your social media. Right, and like you can actually. Okay, I didn't end the war in Syria, but together we all got our heads together and people got organized and we facilitated some uh, change that might have actually even saved a few lives to get people some medicine that they needed, diabetics mm-hmm. or whatever, you know what I mean? So um, that's pretty amazing. 
over the top. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big life lesson in a way, and it, uh, and that's you know, it all went hand in hand with these changes, and uh, again, the not eating meat and the just like. Yo, what do you claim to believe? Well, how are you living? All right, bullshit, hypocrite, fix yourself. You know, so there's a lot of self confrontation, and uh, and it's not always uh, fun mm-hmm. admitting to yourself. It's extremely uh, there's a term for it, I believe. What is it? Cognitive dissonance, where we, it's like the phenomenon of when you can't. I'm, I'm going to explain this very poorly, but you can't reconcile your. It's like reckon. Ugh, how am I? I'm going to do such. I sound so stupid right now. Um, it's, it's the, it's, it's almost like the justification we use, you know what I mean? To, to say why, oh, even though I know, even though I know what I'm doing is wrong, there's a way of uh, cognitive dissonance where you, uh, uh, cognitively disown, right. right break right. down the word, right? Like this is why it's okay in this, ter- in, in this, uh, in this particular instance, because it's so uncomfortable to confront the reality of your, of, of, of the, of your true, of the truth. Right. Of your true hypocrisy or your true shortcomings or whatever. We have to come up with these are survival tools coming up with rationalizations and justifications of why it's okay. That's not just something like people do. It's it's almost an unconscious tool. Right. Mm-hmm. And we do that because we couldn't live with ourselves if we knew right. that we were monsters. Yeah. So we have to devise ways of describing why we're not monsters. Mm-hmm. So you can feel good day to day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's really, really, really uncomfortable, but you got to do it. I think you don't got to do anything, but I had to, <laughs> I, I got to the point in my life where I was like, yo, come on. So uh, as we wind down here, oh what... man, I thought we just got started. <laughs> Dude, it's been an hour. Oh man. We talk a lot. I ramble. No, it's no rambling. But my question is, so now <sighs> what, what do you do? Like when it's time to start, you know, thinking about going back, do you have to call the writers and say, or do you have ideas yeah. or have you even thought about that sort of so thing? So I told myself early on, I go, I'm not even going to think about this stuff till November. Well, it's November. Yeah. And I guess I'm starting to it's think a little December. bit, right. But it's also out of my hands because if I'm still a few months away from coming back and I, uh, oh, I got this idea and I want to come back this way. But then when it actually comes time for you to come back, like, oh, where, where does the math, you know, it's math. Like, Once oh, again. where does he factor in? Okay, plug him in here. And then all the things you've been thinking about for three months, getting married to these ideas are all in the yeah, toilet anyway. Right? Yeah, so I'm not overly concerned about that. But I'll tell you one great thing that this did for me, uh, this, this time off, I guess, ultimately, was it made me really okay with... Um, with when I don't do this anymore, because as I said earlier, we we get such validation and we're rewarded so generously in so many ways for being who we are as wrestlers that we often you you see it a lot with the old timers too, or you know, without naming names, you see it in some cases where like people don't even know who they are; they've just latched onto this identity right. of right, right. They're special because goddamn it, I'm so and so. You know who I am. I was this guy who play fought for 15 years. <laughs> I was a huge deal in that world. But like, that was that world. Yeah. Who are you just day to day? Yeah. Right. So I got really okay. Well, like if I never do this again, ever, I'm totally okay with it. That's good. Yeah. I'm, I'm okay with who I am with wrestling and without wrestling. And of course that's like, you can record that today on whatever day today is November 26th. 2018 that's how i feel today and i don't know how i'll feel in three years i didn't think i'd stop eating meat three years ago i didn't think i'd do you know we're ever changing a constant state of flux but like you know as as it stands right this moment 
if I never wrestled again, I'm okay with that as a person. Mm. But I'm so all the more reason I'm so grateful that I can come back and I can still do this for however more, however longer I can still do this for. I'm really uh, grateful for all of it. I, I've I've been overwhelmed with gratitude in this time off because the more I looked within myself, the more I realized how lucky I am. Right. And it really, really made me grateful. And also, um, just it's so funny, man, you lose perspective. You know, I'd get to the airports and I'm not a great person, not a great human being at the airport. It's where I would definitely say I'm at my worst. Just all my worst habits, all my worst things start coming out. And you know, sometimes fans would just come at me the wrong way and I'd be such a jerk or whatever. And now I see it totally different. I'm like, man, that interaction, I could ruin their day. I could ruin their day. And then not only that, but I could ruin the way they see me or yeah. the way they see the people they look up to for the rest of their life. Or I could just be really nice for f literally five to 10 seconds. Right. Yeah. That's and I could it. make their day, shape the way they view role models, shape the way they view people, humanity. Maybe, you know, I know I'm being a little grand, but, grand, right, but maybe, you know, like, I mean, so why not just be, why not just be cool, man? Yeah. If you have the chance. Give people their moment. Cool. Just yeah. give them, yeah. You know, and, and I'm lucky to be in that position. And I realize that. And uh, I'm just grateful for it. I'm going to try my best to do as good as I can for as long as I can. And that's the, that's the <laughs> mind state of Sami Zayn. What, uh, when you watch Survivor Series, what stood out for you? Something that you liked? Oh, man, I Performers really liked, matches. I love the Cruiserweights match. Mm -hmm. Because Buddy uh, Murphy and... Uh, Buddy Murphy and Mustafa, Mustafa Ali. Yeah. And man, they work very quietly under the radar. They've been working their ass off to try to build 205 Live. And they're doing great. Week in, week out, uh, just working so hard. And it almost reminds me of uh, when we were building NXT, the, 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 the raw passion and that feeling like we, we can do that, we can create something, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there was a really, it's so uh, intangible, it's so hard to describe, but it was the only match on the card, and I mean this with full respect to everybody on that card, but it was the only match where I felt hunger. Mm. There was hunger mm. in their work. And that's a very hard thing to describe. I can't even describe it to you'll understand, yeah, I understand it. Yeah. But I mean, ninety-eight percent of fans won't be able to identify that. They'll just be able to go, oh, that was good. But I can I can feel their hunger. I can feel it. Mm. And that was special. I was watching it, and I was like, respect, respect to these guys. Mm. They're working with real, real heart. And that's not to say no one else was. A lot of great matches, a lot of people, you know, everyone everyone works their ass off in WWE. But there was just a different feeling of like these guys are. There's something to prove. They have something to prove, man. There's real hunger and real heart in this match. Uh, Ronda and Charlotte was awesome, and Brian and Brock was awesome. And uh, I thought there was all that kind of like I was watching intermittently. I didn't see sure, the whole sure, card, sure. but those three matches all kind of stood out. And I was watching uh, Shin and Seth. I was a little bummed out. I was like, man, these guys are so good, and they're working their asses off, and response it was like such hard work yeah, you know yeah and it kind of got me thinking like man what something needs to change i don't know mm. you know we're all it's hard though yeah, right? it's hard work man it's i hard. knew they were gonna get caught in the shuffle just by the whole when becky got hurt and then charlotte's in and of course aj's out and brian's in someone's got to take the fall right on that, you know right right uh but brian and brock was really cool man it was it was good it was good Everything's good. Everything's great. Everything's Life good. is so good. Last question for you. Um, mm. What's been your favorite thing that you did in, during your time off? Uh, the improv, the two improv sets with James McGee here would probably be up there. 
the uh, conversations with my friend Jimmy Jacobs, our good friend Chris yeah. Scoville, uh, of deep introspection and Jimmy's working with Impact now, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know, talking. He's also hurt, isn't he? Is uh, I think he's had some knee issues, yeah. but I don't know the extent of it. Um, but you know, it's funny because he's such a good friend, uh, great, just great guy, and he uh, he's pretty open about it. So I'm not airing any of his dirty laundry, but he. He went to rehab years uh, about a year or change ago, right around the time he got fired. And, you know, he really... Uh, so he's thinking in these really... We're on the same wavelength. Mm -hmm. Like, thinking existentially and thinking in bigger terms and deep introspection and healing yourself and just healing the world around you and, like, being empathetic towards people and righting wrongs and all this stuff. Like, we're just speaking the same language right now. It's been really cool to connect with him. Uh, and it's just been nice to have time just at home and family. And uh, I went on this awesome trip, posted some pictures on my Instagram, which, again, I'm very careful about how I use Instagram. As, again, James and I were just talking about Ooh. here. James McGee and I were just talking about at Bustan about, you know, again, it's this tool. And, man, not to name names or not to disrespect. Everyone's got their cross to bear. But, like, I go on some people's Instagrams and it's just, like, picture of you, picture of you, picture of you, picture of you, picture of you. I'm like, God, this is so vain beyond vain this is a sickness <laughs> but like it dude it's a cultural cultural is, sickness yeah. and there needs to be studies on this stuff because it's so new the way mm -hmm. we live is so new but that could be a whole other podcast yeah. right but it's so new and so like man it, i just don't want to use it that way i'd rather like post the even if it's not gonna get likes i don't want to be a slave to likes and validation from likes and, and that's like, what we are now. that's what we are man and like of course you're gonna post a picture of yourself because if i post a picture of, of, of whatever my shoes and like this like okay it might get five thousand likes if i post a picture of me holding the shoe or whatever it's like thirty thousand likes so your brain's like oh i want that you gotta be in it yeah you know so you start it just becomes you 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 because the fans don't want to just know they don't want to just know what you're up to they want to consume you yeah you know what i'm they saying want a piece of you they want you dude they don't care about what you ate they want to see you eating it you know what i'm saying <laughs> Yeah, and then they, they want to eat you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's it's crazy, man. So, yeah, I'm just conscious about how I use my uh, social media. But all this to say, I posted all these great pictures uh, from my travels. I went to uh, Paris saw, for a yeah. signing. And then I ended up just staying extra, which is the Sami Zayn way, you know, like here's an opportunity you got to maximize it yeah. to the fullest and went to Switzerland, which is a country that I've been to a couple times to work. But never really got to explore claudio's home country mm -hmm. beautiful like beyond beyond words almost just like a breathing postcard and then you and i was like oh well this is it there's nowhere better on planet earth than this and then i went to norway and i was like oh my god how 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 it just yeah. how did this happen it yeah. outdid you know probably outdid switzerland started all swiss and claudio but my god norway is so beautiful and then i went to iceland man it was just magical and it just again it perspective is everything man everything 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 i've been out of the wwe bubble and then on that trip i was out of the usa bubble and i'm like man america's a little sick huh <laughs> and like you know it doesn't need to be this yeah. way the world isn't this way it's not this constant the problems that are here are here mm -hmm. and sometimes you're so close to it and you live there right you just kind of take it for granted but then you go to other places i'm like and you're like, oh it's not like that yeah that's yeah, yeah. not the world you know, and it's just nice, man. Traveling's so important. It Traveling's is. Traveling's so to see, important. To see, to see things, get that perspective. To meet so. people, man, I was... 
<laughs> we should have just had the podcast with James McGee because everything I'm talking about, it's stuff we were just talking about. Uh, and Montreal is such an amazing city, man. I wish I had more time to show you around today, but it's just so multi-ethnic and it's, it's a real melting so pot. diverse. And I just love it, man. I love seeing all these faces. And that's one of the great things that traveling does is when you interact with people, you understand people a little more. You're willing to cut them a little more slack. But when you're a representation of people ethnic groups whatever it is is only one thing on the news and you don't actually ever interact with them why wouldn't you believe that that's what they are mm -hmm. you just believe what you see or hear on television or whatever when you actually meet them you're like oh it's just they're exactly exactly the same they want to be safe and they want to yeah. be secure like every other human being on this planet that's it everyone mm -hmm. wants the same stuff anyways i could do another hour and a half so we'll stop last right thing here. Yeah. what's your favorite invitation that james mcgee does Oh man, he does a good Don Cherry. Uh, uh, does a good Sebastian Bach. All right, does a great Sebastian so, Bach. I was actually going to say I'm going to try to get Jericho <laughs> to do his Sebastian Bach impression on the podcast. I was just saying. All right, that. so I'll do a Sebastian. Oh man, uh, is it a Sebastian off now or what? Uh, Sebastian right. off with Chris Jericho <laughs> right. and James McGee. All right, here we go, dude. What's going on, man? Dude, I was going crazy, man. Give me some. <laughs> Dude, I got the first Kiss record, 1975. Dude, you're not going to believe it. Ah, it's still the cellophane, dude. Ah. All right, I'll keep mine brief because he did this at the concert. Uh... Hey, do you guys in Montreal like to get loaded? <laughs> and it was, there's no, it was a total non sequitur, and then he broke in a song. I keep mine brief. <laughs> they give me a Don Cherry. Oh, let me tell you something. The good old Canadian boy here. We got a, a Sammy Zane over here, and he's over here, and he's doing the thing. Now, kids out there, I want you to watch what he's doing. What a good this Sammy Zane over, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Great times. Yeah. James McGee, Sammy Zane, the mental state of Sammy Zane. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> All right, thanks to the always introspective Sami Zayn. Always a great conversation with him. You never know where it's going to go, but it's going to be interesting. Very funny. Uh, great guy. Uh, does a lot of work for charity. Go check him out on the Twitter, at Sami Zayn. And it looks like his return to Monday Night Raw is imminent, uh, judging from the video that we saw on Raw last Monday night. And we're looking forward to seeing Sami back. He's a great talent, and it's always exciting and hilarious when he's there. Uh, speaking of exciting and hilarious, the wrestling commentary with interesting, weird, quirky people continues on Wednesday with the return of the amazing Jim Cornette discussing the state of the wrestling business today. So we got some great Christmas treats for you. Until then, stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. A big Merry Christmas, guys. Have a great Christmas. Be safe. Uh, take an Uber. Do not drive drunk. Remember what we say at NHTSA. But listen, it's going to be a great Christmas, and we appreciate you being here. You know we love you. Jim Cornette's going to be here on the other side. In the meantime and in between time, we'll see you soon. A big yeah, boy, and a ho, 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 Merry Christmas.